0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Out of the Box Judaism, a podcast for unpacking Jewish tradition and heritage and finding the gems in there that are meaningful to you today. I'm Esther Goldenberg, a life and spirituality coach, author, educator, and mom to two great kids who fill my life with love and laundry and inspire me to see miracles every day. I created this podcast to help shine the light on the wisdom, power, and connection that I see in Jewish traditions and customs, and of course, the Torah. That said, all belief systems are welcome here, Jewish and otherwise. And if Jewish, it is my belief that you can do Judaism exactly the way that is right for you, in your own ever-evolving life and journey, which is exactly what I do. In these episodes, I share with you some of what Judaism has to offer me, and my wish for you is that you will find the gems that it has for you. Hey, everybody! Welcome to a special holiday episode of Out of the Box Judaism. I'm your host, Esther Goldenberg, and I am here today to talk to you about Passover, because that is the holiday that is upon us. We are now hours away from Passover, or maybe you're listening to this during Passover. You can listen at any time of the year. It's still relevant, although this might be the most relevant time of the year, to be honest. I'm just saying. Um, But, you know, it's always interesting. And an interesting thing about Passover is actually we talk about it, we do talk about it all year long. Because... It comes up in daily prayers, it comes up in Shabbat rituals, it comes up all the time because it is the time when the Jewish people became a people. So this is a big one, folks. Um, And I'm going to take just a few minutes to talk about a few Passover questions. Because some people don't know this, but Passover is really a holiday for asking questions. You might know that the Haggadah, which is the book that we use during the ritual meal, which is called a Seder, has four questions in it, um, called the Four Questions, or in Hebrew, Manishtana. But those are meant to really spark some question asking. Those are there for, like, in case you don't have any questions, let me get this started. It's that kind of a thing. So. Really, Passover is a time to ask a lot of questions, have a lot of great discussions, and see where it takes you. So today, I want to start with the things that are on a Seder plate and ask some questions. Okay, so the Seder plate generally goes in the center of the table, and it holds some ritual foods for the meal. One of the things on that plate is in Hebrew called zroah, or a shank bone. And uh, this has two symbolic meanings. One is an outstretched arm, because that metaphor is used when talking about God bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt with an outstretched arm. And then the other thing that it symbolizes is the blood that the children of Israel put on their doorposts before leaving Egypt. And this marked their doorposts and their homes as the home of a house to be passed over during the 10th plague, which was the killing of the firstborn son. Um, and that was to happen only for the Egyptians. And how would the angel of death know if your house was an Egyptian house or a house of one of the children of Israel? Well, you needed to mark your house and so what they did is they had a, a sacrifice, the paschal lamb, and used some of that blood to mark their doorposts. And so we have this zroa, this shank bone on the seder plate to also symbolize the marking of the doorposts because of the blood of the lamb. In many houses, including my own, we do not use a shank bone, we use a beat. And the beat holds the same symbolism As I'm sure you know, it is bright red. Of course, beets come in other colors too. Uh, Golden beets, whatever. A bright red beet, a roasted beet, to symbolize that um, marking of the doorpost, the redness of the marking of the doorposts, where the children of Israel said, hey, I'm one of the children of Israel. I'm counting myself. Among the children of Israel, please pass over my house. So I want to ask you a question about this which is, what are you willing to stand up and be counted for? Okay, the children of Israel stood up and marked their doors and said, count me in as an Israelite. I'm in for this whole whatever it's going to be, right? They didn't know what it was going to be exactly, but they wanted to be counted in. So my question is, what are you willing to stand up and be counted in for? Let's move on to something else on the Seder plate, the egg. So the Seder plate has a roasted egg, and that egg symbolizes the Passover sacrifice. Now, um, so there was, as a part of the holiday, a ritual of sacrifice. And when we think of sacrifice, generally we think of two things. One is, oh, I have to sacrifice this for something else. I'm giving up something for something else. And then the other kind of sacrifice is a religious sacrifice of like, probably, you know, involves cow blood or something like that. Um, dead animal in some way. So, but the word sacrifice actually comes from the Latin word that means holy, sacred, right? We can get that sacrifice, sacred. So the egg reminds us of this sacred ritual that was used for uh, an act of, in an attempt to become closer to God. So my question to you is, what brings you the feeling of being closer to God? Moving on to the next item on the Seder plate, we have maror, or the bitter herbs. So the bitter herbs can be um, represented by a number of different things. You might see horseradish, that's pretty common. You might see lettuce, Pale. Um, it really can be anything bitter. Dandelion greens, any kind of bitter herb can go on the seder plate, and that is not. Um, we don't need to use any stretch of the imagination for that one. The bitter herbs represent bitterness, <laughs> and specifically in this case, it's there to remind us of the bitterness of slavery. But really bitterness comes in many different forms besides food right I mean it can be the slavery of thousands of years ago in Egypt it can be the slavery of hundreds of years ago in the United States it can be the slavery that unfortunately still is occurring in many places on earth right now and it's very bitter it's very bitter If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably not experiencing that kind of slavery right now. But there may be still some form of bitterness in your life. And so my question is, what is that bitterness in your life right now? Also, what is the bitterness in the world? Unfortunately, there may be more than one answer for you for these questions. On the Seder plate, we have something called charoset which is the opposite of bitter. It is sweet. And there are many different recipes for charoset. This is a great joy of Passover, is having the charoset, having leftover charoset. That's also a wonderful joy. Um, and some people will have even more than one recipe for charoset at their table. And it could depend on your tradition. It could depend on you know what kind of an adventuresome cook you are. Typically, the Ashkenazi or Eastern European Jews will have something that is apple-based, maybe with apples and cinnamon, grape juice or wine, and maybe walnuts, but an apple base. And then sfardim or the Jews of Spanish descent, originally will typically have something that is based more in dried fruit, so dates, figs, Um, made into a kind of a paste and just really any charoset recipe is so sweet and delicious you can't go wrong Um, and that charoset represents sweetness actually Um, many times it's talked about as representing the mortar between the bricks because it sort of can remind you of that consistency Um, but it's also very sweet It's very sweet. And when we eat the chroset, the sweetness, with the bitter herbs, one of the things that we're reminded of is that, generally speaking, there's always some sweetness with the bitter. There's always some bitter with the sweet. And when you put them together on a sandwich, which is a part of the Seder meal, it's sometimes hard to distinguish where one begins and one ends, which reminds us that in life, also, we just have this mixture of sweetness and bitterness and it's all there different proportions sometimes it's all there and my question around the Kharoset is this what is the sweetness in your life right now what is the sweetness that you notice in the world and just like the question around the bitter herbs um, hopefully this one has multiple answers as well in terms of the sweetness in your life and the sweetness in your world or in the whole world. And now let's talk about karpas, which is the vegetable that is on the Seder plate, usually a green vegetable. This is something that represents growth. It could be parsley. It might be celery. It might be potatoes, uh, something that grows from the ground, typically green. And during the Seder, we dip it in salt water to remember the tears that we shed during slavery. So we have this combination of the new spring growth and the tears of mourning. And so along with that, my questions are, what is your new growth this year? Here we are in spring. It's a great time for new growth. It's a great time for planting seeds. What is your new growth this year? And what are you leaving behind that you mourn? What's your salt water? that you mourn even though you're moving forwards. Finally, what I mentioned are the traditional items on a Seder plate, but lots of people add things to the plate for the opportunity for more symbolism. So here are just a couple of examples. Some people will add an olive to represent peace. Some people will add an orange or orange slices, and I've heard two meanings for this one is a feminist interpretation that it's there to represent equality and the other is that it's there to represent Israel because there are lots of oranges grown in Israel another example of an added item could be fair trade chocolate and this is there to represent the child labor that still goes on in this world as well as our choices for buying fairly sourced food that is made with kindness, grown with kindness, harvested with kindness. So what might you add to your Seder plate this year? You might wanna add an additional item, and if you do, what is the symbolism for that item? So those are my questions for you this Pesach, this Passover, more than four. Hopefully a few things to think about. Hopefully you will generate your own questions if you feel like writing back and let me letting me know the answers to your questions, I'm always happy to hear from listeners. You can reach me at esther at outoftheboxjudaism.com. You can also find a link to reach me at the website, outoftheboxjudaism.com. And I wish you a very, very happy Chag Sameach, a happy holiday, a happy Passover. And I look forward to talking with you next time.